Hello, Voices of Wrestling listener. Dave Ryan here. Have you ever wondered to yourself, how many hidden gems are hidden away inside the last years of World Championship Wrestling? Have you ever asked yourself how many tenuous gags can be made about the name Mike Enos? And have you ever thought about what it sounds like for two Irishmen to interpret a very chaotic company through its B-show? The answers to all this and more are just a click away. Check out Days of Thunder every second Thursday on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. To the highway, in a brand new day, gotta let it go. Fast to Open the voice gate for January 30th, 2024. We are members of the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. You can find us on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast feed or our own dedicated Open the Voice Gate feed on all podcast platforms. You can follow us on Twitter X at Open Voice Gate. If you would like to donate to the show, you can click the link in the show notes. It'll take you to our redcircle.com landing site. Click the red boxes to sponsor this podcast. And you can set up a one-time, a reoccurring donation. No obligation whatsoever, but we would like to thank all of our previous donors. I'm one of your hosts. It's your old pal, Mike Spears, joined alongside, as always, by our co-host, Case Lowe. And Case, how are you doing tonight? Uh, how has your 2024 been as we are staring down the... Uh, it's already February, and I feel like I've not accomplished anything, is what I'm saying. I joined a gym. I gave up soda. Um temporarily but gave up soda for the next week so i've accomplished stuff in 2024 but i don't feel any better about myself but uh are you have you given up the pop for good or are you counting down for the first uh sierra mist you're going to get yourself all right i'm sorry 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 I, i i didn't mean to bring up old wounds no let's let's talk about it um so for my shoot job we were doing like a like a dry january but i don't drink so i was like i'll give up soda and we parlayed that into a weight loss challenge. And for the last half of 2023, I was, I was at all, you know, three or four sodas a day and, and eating worse than I ever have, just not really caring. So I was like, I'm going to give up soda and I'm going to win this weight loss challenge because the weight is going to fly right off. Turns out that's not what happened, uh, which is very annoying. I pivoted to sparkling ice and specifically the sparkling ice caffeine version. Cause I get up very early in the morning. So I've been starting my day with that instead of a soda, and then throughout the day, I've been doing the sparkling ice, sparkling water. How have uh, you liked the uh, lemon-lime sparkling ice caffeine? It's great. It's great. I don't remember if we talked about that on or off air last week, but that's great. So yeah, I, I'm glad you liked it because when I, when I drank that, I was like, oh, this could be a case drink. Yeah, no, th- thank you. That's very kind of you. So I uh, 
somebody told me that there's some ingredient in the sparkling ice that is totally preventative for weight loss. And that's why without exercise, because I wasn't exercising, uh, that I wasn't losing any weight. And I was very annoyed. And I realized last week, son of a bitch, I'm going to have to join a gym. And so uh, it's uh, your question was about soda. That was This was a, a long way to go about it. When the challenge ends, which is the Super Bowl, is kind of our, it's when we can go back to doing what we did previously. Um, I'm I'm gonna go back to soda, but not in the way that I was doing it. What'll be nice is when I go out to a restaurant, I can have a, a little Coke and I can I can do my thing there. But I think it's gonna be primarily a weekend thing. That's what I'm gonna try to do because I like this sparkling ice caffeine. It's good, and you know I wake up at three thirty in the morning for my for my job. Normally, I get home 11.30, noon, 12.30, and I take a nap. But since I since I kicked soda out, I haven't been napping. And thank God on a day like today when I had a lot going on, I, I didn't need to crash. So I feel I feel better. Um, so less soda than previously. But, uh, I, you know, I can't quit it entirely. I mean, we have to see what Mountain Dew is going to put out in October. Hey, thank you. And you you understand the crux of my uh, my issue. Baja yeah. Blast in stores all year this year. It's, there's a lot going on. I'm, I'm not going to give it up entirely. But I, I have a caffeinated drink in the morning that I like that is better for me than uh, the 5 a.m. Coca-Cola that I normally drink. So it's a nice pivot. I just imagine the 5 a.m. Coca-Cola as like... As someone that, like, I'm not super coffee drinker, I'm much more of a tea drinker, but just, like, the, I, I, I don't know, um, my fiance is a big Diet Coke drinker, and she always, like, starts the day with a Diet Coke, and I just can't do it, and I, I don't know, I, I, I wonder about that 5 a.m. Diet Coke, buddy, well, I, I, I mean, think you'll like it a lot more. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm up at 3.30, and... I'm I'm start work, you know, I'm I work on the on the bus on the way in. So I'm starting work at like 4:15 in the morning. So by the time, you know, 5:30 or 6 rolls around, it's like, all right, I've been up for a little bit. Like I'm that's I'm fair. cooking that's here. That's fair. You yeah. know, it's why so but it's like, you know, this is this is the thing that has to stop, right? Is the is the early morning soda and then the bag of potato chips from the vending machine. That's what I'm looking to cut out. And I haven't I haven't found the snack that I can, because it's really, it's just during the show. That's when I snack. I don't snack throughout the day, but 6 to mm -hmm. 10 a.m., I'm on the air, and when we're in commercial break, I like, I, I just, I like chewing on something. I like having a little drink, and that's that's the void I have to fill. I don't know the healthy snack yet. I, I've been doing trail mix, but peanuts are high in fat, so I don't know how much that helps. If I can figure out the snack, I've got the drink, I'll be, I'll be good to go going forward. I'm going to throw that out there. Beef jerky. Okay. Obviously, love the idea. I'm with you to some degree. Shockingly expensive. Yeah, that is just, the thing. Just can't, yeah. just can't get on board with it on a consistent basis. Yeah, that that's the thing. Like, I go and I look, and I'm like, okay, this is a pretty good bag of beef jerky. It's like seven bucks. I'm like, what am I doing? Yeah, no, it's just it's uh, it's not a thing that I'm going to commit to just on a financial level. But taste wise, you're that's exactly what I'm looking for. It might, you know, it might end up being apple slices or something. But uh, yeah, I can't do the beef jerky. I, I just think like I, I'm someone that like when I work, like it, it, I have to have no snacks. Like I have to eat when I eat because if I leave snacks around, like chips are my bad thing and I will just inactively eat. Like, especially as someone who works from home, like if I go into the, the kitchen, it's like, oh, I can just go grab like a thing of pretzels or something. I was like, no, I shouldn't do that. Like that, that was the hardest thing for me. 
Yeah, you know, I've just found since I live by myself, if I just don't buy those things, that I won't have a problem with it. So I don't have snacks in my house. I mean, every once in a while, I'll do like a Chex Mix or something like that. But, you know, if I'm really uh, feeling like treating myself, I'll do the bite-size Hawaiian pretzel rolls. I really enjoy those. But for the most part, I just... I have lunch and dinner in the house and that's kind of it. And, you know, maybe a banana here and there, but I'm not, I'm not a huge snack guy. I found that I could cut that out of my life pretty easily. I'm jealous about that. Uh, something that we can't cut out of our life's case. It is Dragon Gate. Uh, oh we God, have- I, I, I've, I've tried so hard. I just can't do it. <laughs> I just, look, look, this is not a, it's not a, the most glamorous life. It's not the most glamorous hobby, you know? And uh, it's hard to quit Dragon Gate when they have, their first big match of the year. They had the the long-awaited debut in Yokohama for a big show, Gate of the Gate of Bayside from uh, Yokohama Budokan from January 27th. That's going to be the crux of this episode of Open the Voice Gate this weekend. Really, case just off the top, uh, big picture thoughts. Uh, leaving Yokohama, your written review is up on Open the Voice Gate. Oh, not Open the Voice Gate. Up at VoicesOfWrestling.com right now what were your big takeaways my big takeaway is that i'm going to hit you with some breaking news are you ready for this all right let's do it all right and we'll get to gate of bayside in just a second but this is dragon gate related we had on gate of bayside the open the brave gate championship match between hyo and kagatora hyo retained and mike we have our brave gate challenger for memorial gate in wakiyama oh who is it you want to take a guess I don't think they're going to put Tanaka back in there this quickly. Oh, uh, no, that, I, I, I look, I wish they would. Uh, uh, with that, oh, that makes me wonder, is it Punch to Managa? Yeah, my friends were getting on a ice cold Memorial Gate and Wakiyama show, a show that feels like it might do 300 paid. We are getting Hyo versus Punch to Managa for the Brave Gate belt. Well, we'll see how much of a draw Hyo really is. <laughs> that is fair you, you might as well have a main event that that sucker because i know they have that triangle gate match that might not happen if uh kai is still hurt so you might as well just oh see. i didn't even think about that yeah yeah oh my god they might not have that triangle gate match wow okay all right well luckily we have a bunch of good stuff to talk about and uh, we can we can move past the unfortunate news that we just received that punch tabanaga's at a brave gate match i uh, I really enjoyed Gate of Bayside. Thought it was a great show. Two great four and a half star matches. One of my personal favorite Dragon Gate matches in a very long time was on this show. Not one of the best I've seen, but one of just you know on the on the Case Desert Island playlist. Uh, I've got a match that would go on there. And uh, overall, just I, I thought a really enjoyable and efficient Dragon Gate show. You know, efficient is a good word to use to describe the showcase. I think it, it is something where what is efficiency? Efficiency is everything as it should be. You know, we had two, what I would call a blow away title matches. The other two were tidy and they got the job done. Maybe a little underwhelming in the brave Kate, uh, uh, kind of position, but then the rest of it, like you, you accomplish everything you needed to accomplish. And it ended up being a three hour big show. Like that, it's a tidy and uh, just like a checklist show. And I think when you look at a new venue and one that there, there, there was a, a good amount of anticipation for Dragon Gate finally doing this Yokohama big show, I think you would have to walk away with that. And then with the uh, 
over 2000 attendance and just say like, all right, for what we were doing and what we're doing now, this is the path forward. And I think it's hard to look at the Gata Bayside and the Yokama Budokan as anything other than a success. Yeah, they claimed at 2086 for the show, which is a very strong number in that building in the current economy. I, I went through some of the ticket sales last week on the air, and I was noting that by that point, only one of the sections had completely sold out, but a lot of them had limited tickets remaining. 24 hours before the show, at least on the ticketing website that I was on, and, and there was you know multiple websites in ways to get tickets to the show, but on the ticketing website that I was on, all of the available sections were completely sold out with the exception of the lowest tier worst seats in the house. So uh, however you want to decide, uh, decipher it, however much stock you put into the Dragon Gate number, undoubtedly a very strong number uh, for them here. I'm trying to look real quick. Has uh, anybody else run here this year? Stardom did on the third. Stardom did 960. Dragon Gate claimed at 2,000. And uh, let me see what Noah did. So Noah did 1,100 the last time they ran here. Wow. Noah ran Manabu Soya and Tatsumi Fujinami versus Jinsei Shinzaki and Kano. Did you know I'm, that? No, but I'm glad to see that the spirit of Michinoku Pro is alive in pro wrestling Noah. This was the, that was the main event. <laughs> I... <laughs> I'm I, speechless. I, I had no I, I'm idea this about Soya than anything. But I know Soya got a uh, GHC match like recently, but like yeah. So Soya and Fujinami versus Jinsei Shinzaki and Kano. That's your main event. Twenty six eighteen. The time on that third from the top GHC national title match. Jack Morris defeats Hajime Ohara in fourteen minutes, and the crowd goes mild. I never saw a match graphic with that main event i didn't know that existed second match on the show alejandro ninja mac and T extreme tiger versus alphazo super crazy and teriyaki i saw zero humans talk about this show i'm not convinced anybody was there <laughs> this is the weirdest thing yeah it's just like what are we yeah that that that's just something where like you, you kind of like walk away and you're like yeah no it makes sense you're doing this but i think in, in that you have dragon gate loaded this show up i mean you had four title matches you had your biggest program since last summer have finally the one-on-one -on -one matchup here uh, uh you have noah uh kaito kiyomiya outsiders bringing in people coming from noah to this dragon gate show like it, it's not like uh, when we compare and contrast these one company put their best foot forward in a new market. The other company, I guess, uh, wanted to do Kanoa favor. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm blown away by that. But yeah, I mean, look, this was a loaded show. They treated this show like a big deal, like it was a dead or alive or, you know, a, a gate of destiny or final gate. You know, I, I wish they would have put as much care in a final gate as they did this show, quite honestly. But uh, yeah, like you said, you know, Shun versus Monte is one of, if not the single biggest Dreamgate match you could have done. Loaded title matches, you know, Kagatora Hyo kind of had some late momentum to it. The Triangle Gate match with the hometown guys felt big. And then you had the Twin Gate match, which I will be talking extensively about. So, I, you know, very positive vibes coming away from this show, not even to mention the return of Mochizuki Jr. Just a lot, a lot going on here and a lot to like. Absolutely. And I think we kind of first need to kind of talk about uh the, the overall big hug stands tall ends the show uh announcing that they are going from 
tag team to full stable. But really, the story of this there, uh, oh, I think we have to go straight to the Dreamgate match, the main event. Yes. Uh, Luis Monte defeating uh, Shun Skywalker, uh, Kalina Azushi, with a drop kick into the ropes, rebounding into a Vuelta finale. First successful defense. Luis Monte does not become a zero key holder. And uh, it does really kind of, in a way, I know that uh, Jay talked about like getting the match after the, someone becomes a champion on commentary, kind of offering that point of being able to get Shun Skywalker uh, playing and and clean in the ring, and I, I guess that's kind of like my 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 step away is like thinking about the Shun logic going into this match is something I didn't really consider beforehand. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, I think you know the word is efficient. This was a very efficient main event in the sense that one, it was a great match, and I think I think you have a baseline here of four and a quarter stars, and if you're into what Shun does like myself, you're going to bump it up a quarter star, give it four and a half. If the Shun act for whatever reason has run thin in your eyes and you're not as into it, you're probably going to bump it down a quarter star and go four stars. I, I would, I would seriously question anybody's analysis that doesn't have this as at least a four star match. I mean, where did you have it, Mike? I was four and a half. I thought that this felt a lot more natural than the, uh, the aspect of the final gate match between uh, Monte and Kakuda. Like oh, this. night and day. I mean, this the the only complaint about this match is one, the finish, which wasn't bad but was awkward, and mm-hmm. two, just the fact that they did it in January and not July. It, and maybe you know, maybe they circle yeah. back to it. I don't know, but the the only thing that this match was missing to take it to the next level was, I think, I look, I go back to what I said in December when the three way match was announced. Shun should have won that match, and Monte should have won the belt on this show. Monte wins the belt on this show. We're talking about a match of the year contender, but th- the heat wasn't there the way that it should have been because Monte came in as your babyface champion, having in a way kind of already vanquished his top contender. It was a very, you know, very strange dynamic going into this match, but I thought they worked past it. I, I thought they worked uh, largely a brilliant match and just another high end Shun Skywalker match. Yeah, and I think the fun thing about this match and the real compare and contrast about the uh, final gate match and the one we had at Bayside, uh, Monte actually really got to fly and and fly in a natural kind of fashion. Like this felt like, oh, he is a heavyweight, but he's able to fly with Shun Skywalker, and it's something that it became like a new a new element to Luis Monte that we have not really had at all whatsoever. Whereas I felt like with like Kakuda, like there was like the moments there, but it was all kind of awkward and predicated on like the cooperation versus like, oh no, this felt like a actual like big uh, moment, especially like when they, when they went from like the super Tigre, which I've hated as a finish. I'm glad that they've pretty much been like, all right, that's not the finish anymore. But uh, making that into the last ride power bomb, that was the, the moment it was like the level of brutality that they were able to do and keeping this, as more of a flying base heavyweight match, I thought was really remarkable and was what kind of it was what set it apart. And I feel like made this like that much more of a better match for Monte than what we had in Fukuoka. Well, it, look, it, it added to the list of guys that are going to do their best work against Shun Skywalker. You know, you think about the 
the generational rivalries with Yuki Yoshioka and Ben K. You think about the relationship that he has with Madoka Kakuta. You think about the relationship that he has with Jackie Funky Kamei. And now Monte, you not only have the, the, the history of those guys as a tag team and what they, they did together there, but he's the perfect foil for Monte because you're right. Shun is big enough that Monte can fly around and literally jump on him. But then also Shun has this level of physicality that makes Monte really sympathetic. And I love throughout the match, not only the signature moves, you know, the big high impact moves that normally lead to pinfall attempts. Shun had counters for those, but Shun also had counters for the, the garnish, if you will, you know, the little things that make Monte who he is, the rope flip into the springboard dropkick. Shun met him and kicked him in the head right when he flipped over the ropes. There was just little stuff like that laced throughout this match that I thought was so good. And Monte needed this. I, I, I really think the win at Final Gate, it was bad in the moment. It's only going to age worse. But there was something about this match that really gave me confidence in him as a champion. I think one, look, they've told at least one element of the Shun story, and it feels like he got that monkey off his back, and it feels like he can defend the title against anybody and is going to be okay. But also, Shun spent 25 minutes making this guy look like a million bucks, and you know what? He kind of needed it, and I'm glad it happened. Yeah, and it's something where I think we come out of this and where we kind of knew after Gate of Destiny, it was like, oh, all right, now we have Monte back. Like, that's going to be have to be accounted for some way with the Dream Gate. This was the story that needed to be told, and maybe the, the, the idea about not stringing out uh, the fall of Shun Monte into a full year-long thing is now you get to have Monte as champion with other kind of matches out in front of him. Like, yeah, he has a completely open dance card with the way I kind of look at it with him and at a point where there's going to be some shakeups happening. And I think that that coming out of Gata Bayside, this is what we were always wanting early on in Madoka Kakuta's reign, right? Like we were hoping that the match at uh, Kobe world with Yuki Yoshioka was going to be the, the next, not the crowning moment, but the solidifying moment in the moments like, yeah, I am the champion. I walked in here and I'm walking out of here as champion. I'm the person at the top of the mountain. We did not ever have that moment with Kakuda. Even when he defeated, um, even when he defeated Kota Minora at Dangerous Gate, putting down the King of Gate, even when with all the build and putting Shimizu in, in, and having the story of Shimizu kind of fighting back up and doing this, that was a great match, but that was kind of putting down the rival. That was not really solidifying him. No, we had this here. You're exactly right. And I forget who said in the discord. I apologize. I, I, I can't find the post. I was just looking for it. But you know, they were right. It's like, I think there's a level of concern you can have coming out of this match because no one I don't think is going to put in the amount of care to making sure that Monte ever looks this good again. But I don't know if he needs it because Shun did such a good job. So credit to him. Uh, let's talk about moves in this match real quick. I want to highlight sort of the finishing stretch here. Shun hits the rock bottom and the moonsault knee drop. Monte pops up on a kick out at one. They do the same sequence a second time. Monte kicks out at two. Shun goes to the top rope, goes for a traditional moonsault off the top. Monte gets his knees up and Mike Shun Skywalker takes one of the great bumps of all time. I mean, basically using him like a spring in a Sonic the Hedgehog game. 
like Monte just flew him. I I, I almost thought that they were going to do like a Hamrick bump off of it. <laughs> that you know what? That's a think about this. If you haven't seen the match, Shun Skywalker does a moonsault to the middle of the ring. Luis Monte gets his knees up in the middle of the ring. And Skywalker damn near did the Hamrick bump. You're that's ex- you're exactly right, Mike. Yeah, it, it's wild, and it's one of those things that it is. Yeah, I I know that uh, Gaora made sure that that uh, GIF is not floating around anymore. But it was one of the most damnedest things like you have seen, and that's in a match where I thought Skywalker stuck him with that last ride going out of the Super Tigre. Like I I saw the GIF of the the uh, the almost Hamrick bump, but I the, the the spot that got me was how gnarly that powerbomb was. Yes, yeah, yes. so, you know, you come off of that moonsault bump, uh, Monte does a 450, springboard 450, doesn't get the pin, which I like that spot, he was selling his ribs, uh, Super Tigre for a two count, Volta Finale's uh, countered, you know, into one roll-up and then another, Monte hits the bloodfall for a two count, which, I, do you remember him ever doing that? No, I was wondering if he was going to put a little English on it because of Kato right it now. It really, it, it honestly, it looked like, I know there's not a huge difference in the moves. It came across more burning hammer than it did bloodfall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like not really like a pause, a pause in the bloodfall. It was more like a straight dumping you yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. So that gets the two count, and then, like you said, it, it's an it's an odd finish. You know, they stand up middle of the ring. Monte drop kicks Shun into the ropes, and then hits the Volta finale for the pin. And it's his finish. It makes sense. I've never really seen a finish set up like that before. And I'm thinking if the match has another 90 seconds to it and they really stick the landing, I'm probably even bumping this up to four and three quarters. But that finish was so odd that I I had to stick it four and a half stars. Yeah, it's something where they've kind of built up that Monte's getting these wins awkwardly out of nowhere in the way, but he's so like, clean as a sheet like i don't think that you could look at this title defense even though it kind of came into like a momentum base of alto finale i don't think you could say like oh he is a weak looking champion it is something where it's like oh maybe you build this up that he can hit the volta finale out of nowhere or if this was kind of built up a little bit more yeah there would be no need for that 90 seconds of hesitation it just seems like they're now solidifying that he's able to get power bombs out of nowhere now yeah, very strange, but a very good match overall. Uh, again, you know, Kakuta did not get this. He got, you know, match the year contender against Shun when he won the belt. And then weird match against Yoshioka, weird match against Minora, three months of no defenses, and then a, a title defense against Shimizu that was great, but was the Shimizu match, not the Kakuta match. And then he lost the belt. So, you know, as we've sort of talked about, minus the Yoshioka run in 2022 which was great. And there's this weird revisionist history to say that it wasn't, it was great. Uh, and the Shun stuff right after we we've had a period of time where the Dreamgate belt has not been as consistent as we would have liked. At least there's not confidence in the Dreamgate belt. And I would really like to see Monte restore that confidence. An excellent match. One, you need to go out of your, out of your way to see if you have not seen it. Yeah. And I think it is kind of that confidence builder that, now we look down to uh, Champion Gate and Nostalgia Gate, and now we go like, okay, who's next? Because I don't 
there, there was no indication of a next opponent there. It does not feel like that we're getting the build up to Johnny via Valletta in this situation. Like it, it, he has a free op- an open dance card, and it's kind of exciting to see. Yeah, you know, I really hope we get him and Yoshioka at some point. I ideally, you know, Saka, but we don't know when Yoshioka is going to come back, and he obviously has Twin Gate business to attend to when he gets back. So we'll have to put that on hold. There is always the possibility, depending on how quickly he heals, that Tian Revolution is waiting in the wings, and that he could be the guy to uh, stand, you know, nose to nose against Monte and really give him a run for his money. There's Mochizuki, as in Masaki and Susumu, and then later on in the year, Junior. Uh, you know, and there, there, there's a lot of a lot of fishes to play with in this pond. I'm really curious to see what direction they go, and uh, I'm excited. I, I, I was really nervous heading into this match about the state of Monte and his Dreamgate run, but I'm feeling much better about it after uh, Gate of Bayside. Yeah, I, I'm totally with you on this. Uh, it, it is a kind of confidence around the Dreamgate belt that I don't feel like we've had in almost uh, a full calendar year. So, and, and, and it goes back to, and I'll, you know, look, this is this is my own thing, but I said at the start of the year, by the end of 2024, we will have a very good understanding of where Shun falls historically in Dragon Gate, and it's it's the stuff like this, right? You know, this is. Oh, yeah. I, you know, Will Ospreay is the most selfless wrestler in the world. It's part of what makes him so great. You know, Ospreay gets off on making stars in the ring with him. And I, Shun, Shun has that. You know, he has that same quality. And other than Ospreay, I struggle to think of anybody in wrestling right now. It's like Ospreay, Danielson, and Skywalker. Those three guys get more out of their opponents, whether they're below average wrestlers, average wrestlers, or world-class wrestlers than anybody else right now. No, absolutely. And it's something where, yeah, it, it the state of Shun Skywalker might become more clear when we talk about the other big event on the show. The state of Z-Brats versus Natural Vibes case. It looks like we are now fully back into this war that uh, there were times last year where it seemed like we were going to get in full-fledged combat. But after the Triangle Gate match, uh, uh, Zebrat turning aside uh, the Natural Vibes team of KZ, Shimizu, and Strong Machine J. In the Battle of Yokohama, it is Kai winning with the Meteo Impact Kai, but that's probably not the headline coming out of this match, this Triangle Gate match, as we have a second match, Mass Z, that appeared and was involved into the finish. Strong Machine J has Ishin dead to rights with the machine suplex and uh the referee is pulled out by this mask Z number two that has Jackie Funky Kamei's uh uh overalls with MKs. And this is after a, a night where UT and Johnny Valletta face off. Uh Johnny kind of uh puts them into the dirt as we expected. And all this building to right now, we do other than the matches that uh Case alluded to, we do have two matches elsewise announced for Memorial Gate and Wakayama on the 4th and for the uh, Truth Gate Corquin on the 7th. On the 4th, we have for the Triangle Gate. Currently, we will see if this holds up by the time of the match. Currently, it's a champion team of Kai, Ishin, and Kato versus KZ, Shimizu, and Kamei. So trading out Yokohama for Tatori there. And then on the Corquin, we have a 10-man elimination tag, just elimination case. We don't know anything else, but it's KZ, Shimizu, Strong Machine J, UT, and Jackie Funky Kamei versus Skywalker, Kai, 
Ishin, Kato, and Valletta, we are back in Vibes versus Zebrat territory. Very, very much so. And I'm into that. That's a winning combination. I'm looking forward to the the Corkin match. Triangle Gate match in ring. I thought it was okay. I thought it was the weakest of the four title matches on the it show. It got not, there. Yeah, not, not a bad match by any means. The the finishing stuff with the two hometown guys, Kai and Strong Machine J, I mean, that delivered and that, that turned this into a quality match. But uh, the weakest of the four uh, title matches, even if I like the result, let's get reckless. Let's talk about Mask C. Yep, yep. The clubhouse leader is UT. What are your thoughts on that? I I think that we always operate with the idea of there's someone in this costume right now, but in Dragon Gate, it could be it doesn't matter who it is until they actually unmask. So even though this was a smaller person as Max Z two and Jackie Funky Kamei's gear does not automatically say, oh, it has to be someone super small. Though I do think UT is the prohibitive clubhouse favorite. I don't think JFK is doing the turn here. I feel like it's going to be UT snapping and then becoming the new fall post for whatever Z-Brats ends up being soon. So you got a few notes here. Um, UT on Twitter was advertising that he just ordered and had designed new natural vibes gear. You can see that tweet from January 27th. So... You know, this is something Dragon Gate's done in the past where they've released, I, I think it I think it was the Millennials. They released a new Millennial shirt on the day of a unit disbands match, and then the Millennials lost the unit disbands match. So it's not a, a definitive, like, oh, well, that's a tell that he's not gonna not gonna turn. There was a wrestler on Japanese commentary. I got this note from somebody that lives in Japan that Hyo was doing commentary during the show and mentioned that this wrestler had, quote, a bit of darkness in their heart. And that wrestler is the person who I feel pretty strongly is Mask Z. I think it's Daiki Yanagiuchi. Daiki has darkness in his heart? That's what Hyo said on commentary. I mean, Hyo would be the person who understands Short King's evilness. You know? <laughs> he is roughly the same size as Kamei and as UT. Very similar build. Uh, hard to tell with the baggy clothes, but it seems like this guy might even be a little bit a little bit pudgier than UT is. That sounds like Daiki Yanagiuchi to me. And you see, I thought that Daiki was the very easy young guy in Big Hug. I, well, th- it would make sense, and that would not surprise me either. I, I think, yeah. uh, you know, I think he's uh, possibly got two homes here, but I am... The Hyo thing feels too obvious, and that is just not what Drangate does. And so I, I'm I'm leaning towards it being Daiki. Now, remind me, you were you just have a better memory of this stuff than I do. Was there anything that we could tell between Daiki and Gianna Valletta that might lead us to thinking there's a turn here or no? Well, Daiki didn't want to go out to fight Johnny. Yeah. Yeah, like that was the reason why that match was so excruciating is because Daiki was like, no, I'm not doing this. So you, you you could go in that direction. Yeah, there just there there might be something there. I can't I can't entirely ignore it. So that that is my uh, my pick right now. I would say uh, just throwing other names out there. No one lost Straya, I would assume. No, no, um, I just uh, no, uh, he's based, uh, I think, in Texas now. Or yes, like he's yes, been he he's been in Texas, yeah. Yeah. Um what about Rio Fuda? I mean Fuda, 
I like like if it wasn't going to be UT, Fuda would be my number two mm-hmm. because you get him into a unit when he's way past that time of needing to do so. He has a natural reason to turn heel, you know, and I think it's something where, whereas Tian Revolution's injury, I just expect not to hear a single thing about the guy until he shows back up, and that could be any time between now, which I don't think, or next year, which. I'm more likely to think, but uh, I think that with Fudo with the hand and with everything that they might try to get it, that, that he would be a lot sooner to a return, I guess. Yeah, that's uh, I think that's a fair statement there. Um, I mean, the, the you know, at Nagano's out. He's not going to be it. You know, do you see do you see Jason Lee turning heel? I know he's, you know, I think he's in that triangle gate match, but. They can no, have a different not. guy under the suit. Is he not? Okay, well, then no, it, it was, it's is Jeff, Jason yeah. Lee an option? Here's the thing about Jason. Uh, Jason is noticeably gaining weight. And it's something they talk about commentary. He might be pushing for heavyweight right now. And I that that gives a good enough reason to have him turn, you know? He's not. He, he's actually right now, I think, the longest tenured babyface other than him and a dragon kid. Yeah, that's a great stat. I think you're... Uh, maybe, maybe KZ hasn't beat by just a little bit, but yeah. Yeah, but it's one of the, it, it would be KZ, then Jason Lee, but Dragon Kid, you had to take off the board because Dragon Kid hasn't been healed in 14 years. Yeah, yeah, but, uh, okay, that's a good stat there. That's good to know. So, I got my vote goes to Daiki Yanagiuchi here, but, uh, we'll see. I'm, I'm excited to see what comes of that. I always enjoy that angle. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking, ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy Slab Packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club slab pack, and and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards, and yeah, you can open it, and look, it's going to be junk. You're, you, you know what I mean? Like, you know what you're probably going to get in those. Maybe you find that fun, and sometimes I do. Sometimes I like just opening up cards and saying, oh, hey, look at some random cards or whatever. But if you're really in this game to to find value and find particular cards, it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs, and it ends up being, you know, almost nothing. You know, nothing of value. Not with Arena Club. You can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading. So you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling, and you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 
10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W net. Arenaclub.com slash V-O-W net for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club. And we thank them for sponsoring the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. What's going on, guys? This is Rich from the Flagship Podcast here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. If I could have a moment of your time, I'd like to tell you about one of our sponsors, Eufy Video Lock. Eufy Video Lock is a smart lock, a 2K camera, and a doorbell all three-in-one offering you triple security so you can have everything in one device rather than installing many pieces on your front door but it's not just for security the eufy video lock is also for convenience no more concerns about losing keys and you can assign passwords to your family members and see them coming back home via the integrated cameras some other great features we love about the eufy video lock is it is easy to install and set up with just a phillips screwdriver no drilling required Keyless entry, no more fumbling for keys when your hands are full. You never have to worry about kids losing keys or passing among renters. You also have 0.3 second, 0.3 second fingerprint recognition and one second unlocking. Again, 0.3 seconds, it's going to recognize your fingerprints and in one second it's going to unlock. And with the AI self-learning chip embedded, the more you use it, the more accurate it will be. Also, no battery anxiety. You have a rechargeable battery in there that could last around four months. And you will get a low battery notification before it runs out. Uh, passcode unlocking a remote control with the 2K Clear Sight. See who's at your door and control from anywhere through the Eufy app. With enhanced night vision, you can have optimized view even in the evening. You can also secure your package delivery by view and two-way audio. And then best of all, no monthly fee. A bunch of other brands out there are going to charge you a monthly fee. You have your recordings locally and you never have to pay for storage. Customer service. Yuffie's got you handled as well. They're on standby for you 24-7, so you can enjoy a worry-free experience with an 18-month warranty, all backed by their professional customer service team. Contact them anytime by telephone, email, or live chat. Personally, as a homeowner, I love my Yuffie video lock. I have the ability to see what's going on when I'm not home, when packages have has arrived, and, and really the thing I love the most about it, the ease of being able to lock and unlock my doors without having to fumble with my keys and reach in my pocket or, wait, no, crap, they're in my backpack, all that sort of stuff. All this is happening while my dogs are barking at me. You know what? Not anymore with the UV video lock. I touch it. 0.3 second fingerprint recognition. One second. Door is unlocked. Much, much easier. So if you want to jump on board with Eufy Video Lock, search Eufy Video Lock. That is E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Again, that's Eufy Video Lock, E-U-F-Y Video Lock, or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. I would like it not to be UT. Just because I'm like, I, I don't see it as a step forward for him. He's going to kind of be in the same spot as he is. So I'm intrigued by Ryufuda, but I like the idea of the darkness in Daiki Yanagiuchi's heart. Like, how is this guy evil? I want to know. I want to know the T.O. <laughs> I, have, I have so many questions about that. But it, it's something where 
we are veering back to this uh, all-out war that they've kind of gone back and forth with. I mean, we think about the last time there was a Mask Z case, they first appear during the all-out war that happened in 2022 at Dangerous Gate. Like, this has been a simmering thing between Natural Vibe and Zebrats, basically since Zebrats formed. Like, after, after Shum got out of whatever the masquerade madness he was dealing with, he immediately went towards natural vibes. And it just seems like that we've been building to this inevitable conclusion and hopefully a really heated uh, units to span match for the last two years now. Are you thinking dead or alive cage match is a possibility? You know, uh, IG wants to have their damn cage. You, you put Shun in there with his mask... Casey in there with you know if vibes if if he's the last one out vibes has to disband kame in there with his hair strong machine j in there with his mask kato kato in there. in there with his hair you know and in ishan maybe i mean that's you know that's the positive is if it's like somebody like daiki you can kind of humiliate him in that cage match yeah just treat him like a good token. yeah and, and live to yeah. fight another day you know he's gotta he's gotta pay his dues at some point so i think there's a real positive there um whereas it's weird like I, I you, can't get to a cage match in Aichi outside of this, unless you're doing this way. Yeah, but even like, so like, if UT turns, he he ultimately becomes the fall post, but you kind of have to push him for a little bit, whereas Daiki can turn and still not win. You know what I mean? Yeah, but it pushing K, pushing UT, you're not going to give him the Brave Gate as a heel. No. Like, yo, like... The worst thing you could do right now in the company is to take that belt away from you. You need to ride that until the crowds start turning. Uh, I don't see him becoming a Twin Gate partner. Like, that's the weird thing. Like, you have to push him, but it's not like, it, unless Vibes get the belt and then they get the belts back, I don't see how he gets elevated. Well, I mean, look, if I have the pencil, I'm doing a oh, Kato, I'm doing a brother. Kato Daiki Twin Gate team real quick. <laughs> I mean, that that yeah. sounds like so much fun. But uh, it, it, yeah. and I think that's a lot more likely than Kato UT. Somebody brought up a good point. Again, I forget where. I don't mean to not credit people. I just forget because I I consume too much well, content. We, but we have entered. Oh, we we could pull back the veil here. We're entering three hours of recording today. We're busy people, but I also I just don't remember. But somebody made a list of all the Ray Day Parejas tag teams from last year, and the like a majority of the teams are going to have to be different. Let me pull it up real quick because I I thought it was an yeah, astute point. Yeah, because it's uh, because you have Courage Ass as winning. And then but it, we don't courage know. Courage ass. I so. mean, yeah, I, I mean, but yeah, but but courage is still out. We don't know when Yuki's eyes going to be fixed. So that yeah. seems off so, the board. So let's even give them the benefit of the doubt. Let's say Kakuta and Yoshioka stay the same. So we'll keep them in. Ben K and Minorita. Minorita's not back. Uh, so they're going to be different. Hulk and Minora. Could it be they, Minorita? I don't. I, I don't think so. I, I'm trying to figure out why he's he would be involved in vibes and Z brats. Yeah. 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 That, that that's fair. Because he's Minorita's, also, I mean, he's even timing wise, he's even smaller than UT. Yeah, but timing wise, this would line yeah. up. So, Ben and Minorita, that's not going to happen. Hulk and Minora, there's no reason that can't happen again. So, so keep Hulk, Minora, keep Yoshio. Why, why would Kikuta. you do that when you could do Team Muscle though? That's fair. That's fair. I look. I don't. I don't want to see it. I, I would yeah, rather see Team yeah, Muscle. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Daya and Dragon Kid. I would assume this becomes Daya and Ryoya Tanaka. Mm -hmm. Hyo and Ishin can't do that, so that's going to be a different team. 
Uh, Kamei and Lee, you can run back, and God willing, they will. Nagano and Kato, that has to be a different team. The Mochizukis, that has to be a different team. You can do Shun and Kai again. You can do Strong Machine J and an A Strong Machine. You can maybe do Susumu and Kanda, but that feels like a retread. And then you've got Yamadoi, and I would certainly hope that they're back in it. So you're looking at, you know, half those teams have to be different. And that's not mentioning the choices that they could make of, you know, Team Muscle instead of Hulk and Minora, let's say. Yeah, no. So, and, and I wonder if, like, you're not going to get Kiyomiya for it. Like, they, they're clearly positioning this, that Kiyomiya is only here when he has to defend the belt, and he won't be here afterwards. So, maybe, could you see them putting another Noah team in that, though? Hmm. I don't think I want another Noah team. I, I, I mean, I'm not saying like I want them to put a Noah team in there to be clear case. I'm just saying like, well, I mean, do you think they would do like Ata and Hayata? I could see them doing Ata and Hayata. Right. I kind of said yeah. that. I was like, oh, that seems actually that seems like a super realistic possibility. Right. Yeah. I, I, I could see I see that more likely than Yamadoi. I'll put it that way. I, I, they got to have Yamato in it. And I mean, they could do Yamato and Dragon Kid, but that would be boring. I think they do Yamadoi again. I mean, if they did. Unless, unless Doi's working Dynamite, which could very easily be happening. I mean, it seems like Naruki Doi is about to be old. <laughs> I mean, no, he has technically still has a contract. Kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, it's uh, just, I, uh, it seems like there's a push to get him into America. So, <laughs> um, interesting. Um, where were we at here? Triangle Gate match still? Yeah, uh, well, we basically both kind of talked around it. Uh, it was fine. I was three and a half stars on it. I like seeing what Kato is further doing as the bad cop role. But really, this was the match about Mask uh, Z pulling the ref and uh, the battle of Yokohama there. And it was fine. Yeah, it was fine. Now let's get into it. Uh, open the Twin Gate Championship match. Uh, Kaito Kiyomiya and Alejandro defend against uh, Kung Fu Masters Jackie Funky Kamei and uh, Jason Lee with a modified uh, uh, Shining Wizard on Kamei. Just holy shit, Kaito Kiyomiya. Like we talked about how Alejandro once wanted to become a Dragon Gate wrestler. Uh, maybe you need to get up your uh, Misawa Death Cult and come over here. I really, I mean, this is this is my favorite Dragon Gate match, and I don't know how long. And you know, there were matches that I saw that were better than this last year. This isn't going to be my top ten come year in list, but oh my god! I mean, I I had so much fun watching this one. Before we even get to the Noah team, it's funny you said the thing about Jason Lee earlier. I thought Jason got too big last year. You know. He has always been such a special wrestler because of how quick he is and how he's able to maneuver around the ring. And I think he lost a lot of that last year. He had way too much muscle and really slowed down. And this, to me, looked like prime Jason Lee, and that was really exciting. Yeah, I thought that Jason looked great in this. But uh, yeah, for me, this... I, I would say that going backwards, like we're talking about favorite match since, I... Like this more than Shimizu versus Kakuda, but do I like this more than Congo versus M3K? I probably do, but you know, again, you're splitting hairs. I mean, just right, on a yeah. personal on personal favor list, I mean, that's probably the match that I would compare it to. You're exactly right on the timeline, but mm -hmm. man, I don't know. This match was I just I can't believe Kaito Kiyomiya is wrestling this way in Dragon Gate. You know, it makes sense that he tries mm -hmm. as hard as he does in New Japan. And I, 
I mean, I watched World Tag League stuff with him in it because I was like, oh, I'm I'm kind of intrigued. I like, you know, I, I want to see more of him in a different environment. And I thought he crushed it there. But, man, I was really dreading that final gate match because as Jay hammers home on commentary time and time again, you know, Kiyomiya didn't want to be a wrestler. He wanted to be a Noah wrestler. And there was such a stark contrast between, you know, I'll get into whatever dojo I can. And Kiyomiya, who was like, I'm either going to be in Noah or I'm not going to wrestle. I really thought it would be lackadaisical and low effort and just a piss poor performance from a guy who felt like he had better things to do. And he worked his ass off at final gate and he impressed me. And I just can't believe how much better he is outside of pro wrestling Noah, because Kaito Kiyomiya was amazing in this match. It was something where it was almost like that all the consternation and like the aboveness that Okada had during their feud, he finally took something from that and he's applying it in a, in Dragon Gate of which he's only really here because Yuki Yoshioka set, called him out and he's waiting for Yoshioka to come back. And he's having, I think, some of the best stuff in his career right now. I mean, the way, like, and, you know, this is the crazy thing, right? So he works Ben and Minora at Final Gate. And even that was a red flag for me because it was like, oh, he's working the heavyweights. Like, okay, all right. You know, I, I, I've i seen this rodeo before. He's not going to give him anything. And, you know, God forbid he's in there with a smaller wrestler. You know, what's going to happen? He was in there with Jason and Jackie. And he was so giving at times and so dominant when he should have been. And I just can't believe that it's, it's this guy who, you know, as I said before, final gate, like, look, I've never been a huge Kiyomiya guy. Not, I mean, he's just no, no hate. He's just not a wrestler that I've had the connection to in the way that other people have, but it's undoubted at this point. I mean, he's worse in pro wrestling Noah than he is anywhere else. And I've enjoyed, I, you know, this match in Dragon, I think, was better than anything he's done in New Japan. And I've really enjoyed the New Japan stuff. This was an elite performance. The way that he worked over Kamei's knees, the dragon yeah. screws that he gave those guys. The, the DDT. Finish, uh, the, the, the DDT. The finishing stretch, which in my written review at VoicesWrestling.com, I went frame by frame and typed in move by move the last about 45 seconds of this match. Because it was that good that it deserved. I don't normally write move by move. I'll highlight things here and there. But I went full on Dave and the Observer, you know, leapfrog, dragon screw, counter, pinfall, whatever, 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 because it deserved that. I mean, oh, it was it was so, so good. And I've gone from let's get this over with. You know, I don't really want to see Kaito Kiyomiya and, and Drangi because I don't think he's going to care to like, wait a minute, how long can these guys hold the belts? Like, I want to see him go against the entire roster now. Yeah, and it's something where I I think the thing that gets me about this match and why this match kind of resonates, this is a 12-minute match. 12 minutes. It, it's not a slow build match. Like, the thing about this, uh, Ginky was on commentary. Ginky added a lot to this. Nothing against Ho-Ho on commentary, but it is something, though, that I think Ginky has a little bit of a more willingness to kind of not necessarily keep kayfabe, but be willing to kind of tell it straight. And Ginga said like, oh yeah, this is uh, Kung Fu Masters best match, I think, uh, in Twin Gate history and talking about the match of Shun Monte. But that was a match, the Shun Monte match, where there was a load of selling, a load of work on Jackie uh, leading to the hot tags there. 
this was a lot more compressed and I think tidy. And I think that's what kind of makes the Kia Mia performance more stark, more profound is that this felt like a peak twin gate match. This did not feel like uh, Can-Ams versus Kikuchi and Kobashi. No, it was it was the Drangate style. It was Kiyomiya stepping into an environment that I've never seen him in before, and he thrived there. Alejandro, you know, we, we've done that. I mean, he he should be begging Noah, and I don't know what his deal is uh, in terms of, you know, his contract status. He should Full be, trade, him and Kano for Eita now. Full trade. Uh, look, I, whatever you have to do, give Noah a dojo kid so they can have some bit of youth on the roster for their first time in forever. I don't care what they have to do. Alejandro should be in Drangate. This is a guy who, much like Kiyomiya, like Kiyomiya wrestles in Noah. And, and again, I'm not I'm not picking on fans of Noah here. I just this is the way that I analyze this promotion. Kiyomiya wrestles with a level of trauma in Noah. You know, it, it's just it's like a loveless marriage. He's been burned too many times, but he's afraid to leave. I wish for the sake of his career, he would take a page out of Yoshihiro Takayama's playbook and become this dominant freelance champion that will work anywhere, that can do anything, that, you know, promotions that go against one another politically can come together to book this guy because he is he is now wasting parts of his career, his athletic and mental prime. They're together. You know, he's he's doing it. He's doing the thing. He's just not doing it in Noah. He's doing it in Dragon Gate in New Japan. And I just can't say enough good things about this match. You know, I went four and a half on this. I went four and a half on the main event, but I will. I, this is my favorite match uh, of the year so far outside of Okada Danielson. It, it, this is the best tag team match I've seen. Two versus two, four and a half stars. And just it was just beautiful for what it was. Oh, this is my match of the year at this point. Like, I'm, I'm totally with you on that as well. It is something very special getting to kind of see this. And this has been, like, the the fun side about, like, we got through all of our usual Noah kind of hangups over the last, like, 36 months. I feel like, okay, like, like, we've worked through the Noah situation of Dragon Gate uh, immensely. And I feel like getting through all of that to get something as fun and as just, like, unmitigated greatness as this match kind of made it a little bit worse. I just I can't say enough good things about it. So, you know, at some point we'll get Yoshioka and Daya versus Kiyomiya and Alejandro. You know, I don't know if it'll be in Osaka. You know, I, I don't know if they'll do it in Tokyo. I don't know what their plan is, but I, I'm not I'm not rushing towards it. You know, I would really like to see more of these guys in Dragon Gate. I'm really curious to see what that's oh, yeah. going to look like. I would be very tempted in seeing like, OK, you, you go face someone in Osaka. We build up someone through Ray de Parejas. They lose. And then dead or alive, original D Courage versus uh, Kiyomiya and Alejandro to get the belts back there. I think that's what you do. Yeah, because I'm looking at the roster right now. So, you know, they've, they've, they've done the gold class thing they're going to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you could do, you know, big time. I mean, you could do KZ and Shimizu. You could do Yamato and Dragon Kid. I think that'd be super interesting. Um, do, do we think, though, that Natural Vibes will be on a state to have a challenger team, though, at that time? Uh, by Osaka, early March, yeah, probably. I, I don't I don't think they're kicking the bucket that soon. Okay, that's fair. That, yeah. that That's entirely fair. But yeah. Uh, what, 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 what can we do? And the answer is financial incentives. I don't know who we send this money to, to do Kiyomi and Alejandro versus Yamadoi, because that's really that's the match that they're leaving on the table here. 
dude. I uh, all right. I'm gonna go get him. I'm gonna go get a second mortgage. We'll, let's do this. We we follow the sponge guy on Twitter. We got to be able to get in touch with him somehow. I mean, like if we're well, I guess we follow if, the mascot. I don't know if we follow him. I think we just follow a guy in a suit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We follow the mascot case. Let, <laughs> let's be clear here. Let's be. I, as, uh, although I feel like that Gekuichi Kun should be able to dictate these things. L- l- let's call a spade a spade. It is the mascot of that. Yeah, uh, but I, you know that just that feels like the match that mm-hmm. if they were gonna really squeeze this thing until they can't anymore, that would be the match to do. But I, you know, I'm just I'm curious to see what's next because this is this is a match that if you haven't seen it yet, stop the podcast, watch the match, come back and listen to the rest of this podcast. Absolutely. And the last title match we had on the show, Hyo defending against Kagatora, he gets the win with hunting in under ten minutes. In case we do not get the. Uh, the Hyo uh, lifetime achievement, best match of his career, singles match, we were hoping. Kicked ass, though. Thought it was really good. Three and three quarter stars, but no, not the definitive Hyo match I was hoping for. It, it, it's something that's very kind of frustrating for me where I was a little lower than you. I was three and a half on this, and the finish stretch was good. Hyo's stardom is just ever present. His new gear looks awesome. It, 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 it is wild that this is the guy that wore Chuck Taylors and, and and short tights for a long time. He looks like the biggest star in the company each time he comes out now. Like it's 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 remarkable, but it, well, it's it's what I wrote about in my review. Mm-hmm. It's like, look, it's it's undeniable he's the guy with the baton right now. You know, and Shun Shun plays his role on the other side of the fence perfectly, and he feels like a leading heel. But it's not Monte. It's not Yamato in his in his current state with his current momentum. It's not Kakuta. Hyo has become the most over guy in this promotion, and it's awesome. Again, the only thing that he's doing wrong is that he doesn't have that signature match. That's the only flaw he has in his game right now. And his finisher sucks. And his finisher, yes. Hunting is not good. Like the they did it with the- both the big hug guys. They both they both got shitty finishers. New finishers too. Yeah. Like. Like the Samson driver, yes, it's not a flash pin, but it is kind of have that air of that. But it's over. The crowd buys it as a finish and doesn't buy it in a flash pin kind of way. Why are you having him stall on the top rope and do the pose and waste time for a okay looking cutter when you have something that the crowd's already bought into and everyone's fine? Yeah, and I was trying to rack my brain around like, okay, if you don't want heel lifting somebody for his finish, I, 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 I get it. He's a smaller guy. I can, I can see them maybe wanting to pivoting away from that, but they got to figure something else out because that move's not it. Yeah, and he has like the kick, the one he has like the diving, uh, uh, Gary that doesn't really work. He has like his, uh, his TKO that he could use. Does he have a top rope move? Does he do a senton? Yeah, yeah, he. he he doesn't go from the top anymore, but he, but he used to have the top rope sent on as a fan. That's the thing. I, you know, I look, I, 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 worry I don't blame about him. The, uh, yeah. yeah. I, I worry about those sent on guys. I don't need him doing a sent on, but it, I, like he should be doing a double stomp. I think him doing this. This is not a company that really has done double stomps since Shima. Mm, that's a bummer. Yep. No, but it, it will see where this goes next to for Hio. Uh, he has, he has punched a Monaga. That's not going to be it. But uh, we'll, we'll look ahead to, to Osaka. Maybe he gets that uh, trademark win there. 
Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, look, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought Kagatora came to play. Credit to him. Oh, you yeah. know, a, a more productive 2024 already than he had 2023. Really, you know, I, I think it was hey, John Hernandez. 2023, I, he came in during the final match of high end. <laughs> At this time, I would say it's equidistant. But from now on, he has more, much more momentum he did than last year. <laughs> um, I, I, I remember who said this. So credit to John Hernandez of talking about how their, their movesets just played off one another very, very well. And, you know, we saw, and this is, you know, the, uh, the Jesse Collings part of the gentleman's wrestling podcast that he got frustrated with me with a few weeks ago, but you know, because I called Hio sneaky athletic during my final gate review, I called him sneaky athletic because we watched four years of slow plotting Hyo matches that you forget how athletic he is. And now we're just in full on greatest showman, handsprings flips flexes muscles the whole damn thing hyo is is in his bag right now and it's really nice to see oh yeah no i am totally with you on that do you think real quick sorry to cut you off Mm -hmm. do you think they do hyo and monte in ray de parejas or is the timing of them becoming a full-fledged unit to get somebody in there so that neither of them have to take pinfalls and that they don't team them up together I mean, I the the problem is is that if you put them in right now as they stand, they have to win. So I well, feel they, like they at least have to get to like the semifinals. I mean, unless the unless the uh, winning the team that beats them immediately gets a brave or Dreamgate shot after which, the tournament, the way, which that is entirely possible. Yeah, like like I feel like that that is the thing. Like maybe you could have be like, okay, we can get our way into Hio's uh, Brave Gate opponent at dead or alive through it yeah exactly yeah so, so so i think you've talked my way into it yeah you don't have to have big hugs big hugs solidified by then you can use it to build up uh uh the big show i would i would like to see them in because i'd like to see big hug versus jason and jackie while there's still a possibility of those guys teaming together for a while that just you know i want to see that that's that, that all there is to it i just that match is going to be good i want to see that yeah yeah and i feel like that there's some mileage to that as well uh, looking at the undercard, uh, clear, uh, two clear things other otherwise happening on the show. More pressing, uh, the return of uh, Mochizuki Jr. during M3K match. This originally had Ultimo Dragon in it, but Ultimo Dragon decided to do a cruise. Uh, but uh, Jr. returns in the uh, one of the final matches of M3K. Uh, they win. Uh, M3K wins because it's a double countout in an M3K match, which means M3K wins in a double count out after a junior quebrada uh junior's back and he's as cool as hell as he always has been case look great uh physically gear look great i have no complaints here i'm thrilled that he's back i love his like because this was the gear he had at dangerous gate last yeah. year and i i think like that he looks like so much of a superstar like it looks i'm glad that they're getting him away from wearing his like dad's gear in a way like no, he's it, got his own look you know it's it's nice to see he's got his own color scheme the purple and white that i like he's mm-hmm. i look i'm there, there's nobody in wrestling uh that i'm more excited about especially you know the under 25 division especially the under 30 division i i still i'm still very annoyed that the voices of wrestling 30 under 30 last year i think i was the only person to vote for but just that very foolish yeah uh that some of that's on me some of that is on me uh Definitely. Uh, Team Muscle versus Yama, uh, Yamato and Suji Kondo. It is the sleeper of the almighty on Kota Minora. It looks like we have kind of a backburner feud 
Yamato and Kota Minora. And to me, it feels like we're getting close. We might see a no ropes match in the, in uh, Minora's future. Oh, that's a good call. I didn't pick up on that. You're right. I, I think you could do that at a, because I kind of identify that as an old Yamato thing. I think you could do that at nostalgia gate, do a no ropes match. And it would, everyone would be like, Oh yeah, no, we don't see no ropes matches very often. I like that. I, I, wow. I really hadn't thought about that like that, but I'm into it. I'm because into it. You're going to try to do like things like you're, you're going to bring back some stuff that like, you're not going to be able to do like, I don't think anyone's anticipating the ability to do strong hearts or anything like that. Just no, take that off no, no, board. no. If you're thinking that, don't think that. Yeah, yeah. If you're thinking that, then you you, you need to like, clean the wax out of your ears. Well, I, look, we'll we'll have our nostalgia conversation another time. But yeah, the, don't. The, that's not happening. But uh, seeing, I I like the idea of a prolonged Yamato and Minora feud, and I feel like you can get to that no ropes match in march and you won't have to worry about that in the cage i i think you can get that heated up enough over the next month speaking of strong hearts real quick we're recording this january 30th our time it's january 31st japan time which means 25 years since the first tori mon show seen a lot of tweets from the dragon gate roster celebrating 25 years of the dragon system do we think we get a shima tweet well, the most recent Shima tweet is talking about the uh, Nagoya show that's going to go up uh, in a couple hours for Glade. So we'll see. I don't think so. Maybe. When when did he was it Shingo when he won the IWGP belt that he sent out a tweet about it? I, I feel like he did that. Uh, yeah. And it was it was vague, but. It was like my entire timeline was Dragon Gate wrestlers tagging Shingo and posting photos with him. Yeah. And like really like, oh my God, our guy is IWGP heavyweight champion. And I just remember there being like a really vague Shima tweet about, you know, like cumulative success, basically. And I think it was supposed to be directed at Shingo. Yeah, it's and I think that that there was also not here, but. I remember seeing like a kind of a some sub sub, sub tweets about that one from former roster members too. Yeah. 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 So I'm, I'm, my eyes are peeled. I'm really curious to see if he says something or not. Yeah. My, I, now that you said that uh, going to at super Shima 1115, turning on notifications for new tweets. Yeah. Because something to keep an eye on. Uh, our, yeah, it'll have yeah. already passed by the time people hear this, but something oh, to keep an eye on for Mike and I. Oh, oh, oh by the time I, Y'all hear this. Make sure I've turned off that notification case. <laughs> I, I don't need 30 tweets telling me or 20 notifications tonight telling me that Glate version or I'm sorry, G Pro Wrestling Volume 58 is available to watch on YouTube. I don't need that. No, no, you don't. No, I don't. But uh, uh, th- that leaves us with only the opener left to touch on case. Uh, Don Fuji, Ginky, Horiguchi, Daiki, Yanagiuchi versus... Uh, D. Kirch, Kakuta, Dai, and Tanaka, both uh, Daiki and Tanaka going for their first pinfall. Not happening here. It was the uh, hip drop on uh, the Gooch. Uh, fun little opener there, under five minutes. Yeah, Daiki continues to look really good, which is why I'm kind of into him turning heel, because I think he's found something in ring-wise. He's got, he's got some real momentum right now. Is Daiki Yanagiuchi the Dark Traveler? Define Dark Traveler. 
I, I, I don't know. And it, it is something where, like, I feel like he is haunted by... I, I'm not giving up on Hio asking, of mentioning that there's a darkness on his soul. Like, <laughs> I'm going to be thinking about this for, like, the next... Like, if it, if it turns out not to be Daiki, I will not forget about this. I, and if it turns out that that uh, Max Z two is Daikiana Kiyuchi, then I will make sure that like I'll I don't know I'll, I'll I'll list this in my like will and testament the case was. I've been I've been right about a lot of things over the years. I I feel pretty confident in this one too. So we'll we'll see. Uh, Mike, before we sign off, quick episode because we we're doing two podcasts in one night and I'm tired of talking. We have the Memorial Gate and Wakiyama card. Do you want to hear it? Absolutely. Let's do it. All right, I'm going to read each match. Give me thumbs up or thumbs down after each match, okay? Absolutely. Opening match, Madoka Kakuta and Dragon Daya versus Genki Horiguchi and Kagatora. Thumbs up. That'll yep. be fun, a little opener. Match two, Ryoya Tanaka, singles match versus Strong Machine J. Thumbs up. I yeah, like right? that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Want to see that. All right, how about this one? Coach Minora, Ben K, BB Hulk versus Don Fuji, Takashi Yoshida, and Hoho Loon. That's an up for me, guys. I'm sorry. I... <laughs> Sicko hours here, but uh, that I, I, I'm not hearing anything here that discourages me. This might we might not have a Wakayama Tornado winning match, but we don't have Larry Dallas there to make sure it's happening. But so far, three for three. What do we yeah. got next? Larry Dallas kept things in line. Um, this is this is where we're gonna differ. Match number four: Jason Lee and UT versus Shun Skywalker and Gianni Valletta. Ah, uh, yeah, that's a down for me. That's such yeah. an aggressive thumbs up for me. That is, I'm so excited to see that. Yeah, yeah, this is the like the most we've like diverged on something recently has been Johnny Valletta. But yeah, no thumbs down. Match five, M3K final road in Tajimi. It is M3K versus Ultimo, Luis Monte, Yamato, and Dragon Kid. I am here for it. I also want to see what kind of tan Ultimo has. Hell yes. Match number six is your Brave Gate match, Hyo versus Punch. Up. Hyo's real test. If Hyo gets a four-star match, here, he's you know not. How, like, he's oh, not. I, I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know. What... <laughs> and then finally, your main event match seven. This is Kai, Ishin, and Kato defending the Twin Gate belts against KZ, Big Boss Shimizu, and Jackie Funky Kame. Seems like Kai is back. I guess he just missed the Toyohashi show today. And that's I get a, I get the feeling that's a bad injury that he's working through. I yeah. I really fear that we're gonna end up going from oh Kai's working through it to no Kai for eight months. Yeah, it it seems like especially uh at uh Bayside. So for those who don't know, Kai was pulled from Hio's homecoming, which I'm bummed that did not make YouTube before we recorded today. I was so stoked to see uh the the pride the panther pride and toyahashi we didn't get that uh but uh i just like get a sense from gate of bayside he his left or his right arm is really taped up it's going to be like i would not be surprised if we hear that uh he like tore the bicep off the bone at this point Cause just because of working on it working through it when you have like a bicep injury just makes things worse yeah very much so so uh hope he's healthy for this match and that is a Memorial Gate show that will not draw well, but the undercard is, I will say, very entertaining. Yeah, it will be a fun show to uh, get through the undercard. Uh, the Wakayama is such... I still don't think they know what they're going to do with Wakayama full-term time. Like, Bayside, I think they figure out get it Bayside, treat it like this should be the big six right here. Like, it, 
The venue looks yes, good. Yes, very much. That's a good point. That The idea of this show made sense immediately. Yeah, and it immediately superseded Wakayama, which is a, unless I unless things have changed and no one has told me, still is a sold show for the Wakayama local TV I think it I was, is still. I think you're right. I think so, you're right. I was I was going to say something and I completely forgot it the second I opened my mouth. So I have nothing else to say tonight, Mike. Hey, buddy. Neither do I. But uh, for those of y'all who have not checked this out yet, uh, we have put out for the uh, 25th anniversary of the Torimon Japan landing, January 31st, 1999, the launch of the King of Dragon Tour 1999. We brought back Rewind and Rewatch and... It might be the afterglow of us like recording that episode, but I love doing our timeline episodes. Okay, so if, if folks have not caught this one yet, make sure to go back and to catch that a rewind and rewatch on the podcast feed and also on YouTube. Probably by this time you listen to this, very much so. And that will do it for us this week on Open the Voice Gate. We'll be back with you next week. You can follow us on Twitter at Open the Voice Gate. Cases that underscore in your case. I'm at Fuchiheya. Thanks for listening to Open the Voice Gate. We'll be back with you next time. Take care, everyone. Hola, hola. My name is Ricardo. I am the host of the Lucha Jovers podcast here in the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. We are a Spanish-speaking show dedicated to discussing and analyzing pro wrestling from all across the world. From AW to CMLL, we talk about American wrestling, Japanese wrestling, and of course, Lucha Libre. If something big happened in the pro wrestling world, we will talk about it. So if you know Spanish or have a friend that knows Spanish or want to practice your Lucha Libre pronunciations, go listen to the Lucha Jovers podcast right here in the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Nos vemos por ahí.